0: that's what she said that's what she said that's what she said that's what she said well that's what she said
1: welcome to that's what she said conversations with interesting people from the world of sports music comedy and more talking about their lives careers successes and failures Hey, it's Sarah. Hope you enjoyed this mini-pod, my interview with Michael Jordan's daughter, Jasmine, from my radio show, Spain & Company. You can listen to it every weeknight from 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Jasmine gives insight on what she learned from The Last Dance about her dad, what it was like having MJ as a dad, especially when he'd meet her boyfriends and her fiancé, and if she was surprised that her family wasn't involved more. My co-host for the interview was Jordan Cornett. Hope you enjoy.
0: That's what she said.
1: Jasmine Jordan, the daughter of Michael Jordan, joins us here to give us the Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Thanks for the time, Jasmine.
2: No, thank you for having me, Sarah. I appreciate it.
1: I'm so excited to pick your brain. I'm curious, um, trying to picture MJ as a dad, and I've seen some interviews you've done saying, you know, he's very attentive and is, as involved as he could be, but would you categorize your childhood once you sort of figured out, oh my gosh, my dad's Michael Jordan, as more fun because mm-hmm. of that or more tough?
2: Um, I think it was definitely harder. It was tough um, because with great fame comes great responsibility, you know, even at a young age. So there was a lot of expectations and and perceptions and, you know, this sense of entitlement that people expected me to have that, you know, was unavoidable. So it was definitely harder on me and and a little frustrating at that time because I didn't really understand and grasp it fully. Um, But nonetheless, it it is what it is, and it was something I couldn't change, and I, I appreciate the adversity that I had to deal with with the burden of, you know, being his daughter at times.
0: You know, Jasmine, I think about it, and we kind of watched through the documentary how the media at times didn't do MJ the service he deserved. For the great player, the icon that he was, and the things that he did in his life, at so many turns, people try to find the salacious gossip to try and come up with conspiracy theories. Did he ever talk to you guys about uh, being guarded in that front because of the, the ways he had been scorned by media during his time?
2: No, he never really had to speak on it. You know, at the end of the day, my father in a private individual, always has, and I don't foresee that really changing, um, whether that was because of the media and how they treated him or anything like that. You know, that that question is still truly unknown. But. You know, he he likes his privacy and and his sense of his environment and just being comfortable. And if you couldn't provide that for him, then you weren't going to get that access. And, you know, that's essentially what led to him just being private. It's something he loves. And, you know, he's not going to trade his privacy for anything in the world.
1: Yeah, very kind of famously tough with his emotional access to people who he wasn't very close to. Do you think that the doc showed people the real Michael Jordan?
2: You know, I think so. I think obviously it, it was it was limited. You know, it's only 10 episodes and I think everyone can agree we could definitely show 10 more and get even more stories and exciting aspects of the team during that time, you know, my father included. Um, but I definitely think a lot of people that have watched the doc at least got to see that human side. You know, they got to see that humor, that belly laugh and, <laughs> and genuine and authentic reactions to things that, you know, maybe fans and people watching really wanted to see. So I definitely think that you know, the doc got to show that side of him, you know, whether it's being funny and boisterous or, or being emotional and, you know, talking about my grandfather and, and his love for the game, my dad's love for the game. But, you know, I think it was a side of him that, like you said, a lot of people didn't get to see, but this doc at least allowed him to show a bit of that to fans and everyone that was watching
0: you know, Jasmine, we obviously as outsiders don't know the ins and outs of it, and some things are, are meant to be kept secret. But one thing, uh, as a former basketball player myself, I, I thoroughly enjoyed Charles Barkley as a basketball player and your father as a basketball player and reveled in their friendship, and that abruptly came to an end for reasons we don't know. Uh, but Charles has always come out and said, I love him like a brother. I hope we can come back around. Do you think that could ever come back, that friendship between Charles and your father?
2: You know, I can't can't really speak to it. At the end of the day, you know, things happen for a reason, and the reasons behind that are exactly that. So, you know, at the end of the day, I wish, you know, Charles nothing but the best. I know my father wishes Charles nothing but the best, but life happens, and that's just that.
1: We're talking to Jasmine Jordan, Michael Jordan's daughter here on Spain and Company, Sarah Spain, Jordan, Cornette. You just mentioned the emotion that we saw from your dad in a couple different places. I was trying to read what I thought the root cause of him being so emotional saying, I don't have to do this, but this is who I am. If you don't want to play that way, you don't have to. Do you think that was more frustration of like, I'm misunderstood. I want people to understand why I am the way I am. Was it more sadness? Like people are hard on me or they, 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 I don't get to be the nice guy because this is so important what do you think motivated that emotion
2: i think in my opinion you know it was just a, a raw moment of him understanding that hey you know i don't have to be this way i don't i don't have to be the the guy on the team that everyone likes i don't have to be you know the the evil brute of the team either but what i'm going to do is strive for greatness and I, and i want everybody around me to strive for greatness as well and I'm going to do what it takes to, to do that, you know, and he's not going to let anybody stop him. So, in my opinion, you know, that that passion and that drive and that that emotion that came out was just an authentic reaction to wanting to make sure that, you know, people understood, hey, I, I did what had to be done, and either you liked it or you didn't like it, but, you know, that's just the nature of the game and how he played, and that's who he is. So, I think it definitely is a bit of, you know, in my opinion, just him being who he was, and if you didn't want to play that way, then that that was your decision, but Michael Jordan's going to play with that grit and that fire and that tenacity, and if you want to play alongside Michael Jordan, you have to do the same.
0: Jasmine, what was your favorite part of the documentary as you watched all 10 hours of it? Was there one part that stuck out to you that was like, I'm really loving this portion?
2: You know, I think it's hard to pick one because, like I said, I think like everybody else, we we really could go 10, 15 more episodes Mm -hmm. and just love it. (laughs) But I, I think it was really when he was actually seeing everybody else's reactions to the games that he was playing, whether it was, you know, Gary Payton or, or mm-hmm. BJ, and everyone's just account for the games that he played in those moments. And then him reacting to them. I love that because, you know, no matter what you're always going to hear his side and you're going to hear Gary's side or BJ side, or whatever, but very rarely do you see the moments of the conversations or the, or the jabs or the, you know, the shade that's thrown back and forth because I actually see his reactions to their perception of those games was definitely something I I loved actually witnessing in a genuine format.
1: Yeah. That's a brilliant move from the director, Jason, Jason Hare, to show us show, you know, seeing him watch it for the first time. Uh, Were you surprised that the doc didn't cover your family and sort of life off the court for your dad?
2: No, I wasn't surprised because as as much as, you know, my dad was a true piece and centerpiece of the 98 Bulls and, you know, the team and the organization, it still was about the Bulls entirety. It was about the last dance and everything that that team went through and, and the mastermind that Phil Jackson is and, you know, the intricacies within the Bulls organization then and now and everything leading into it so i definitely didn't expect it to go into you know our lives our personal lives or anything like that any more so than it needed to to fulfill the story of that last season now
0: jasmine i've been t- trying to tell people as a black man for so long that it simply doesn't crack and your grandmother is a perfect example of that i mean what is what is the, i think for a lot of people out there want to know about the face regiment what is she doing right. to look I mean, so young and vibrant still it's incredible
2: i'm telling you ask my grandmother she is staying hydrated and saying a lot of prayers that that is what keeps her useful. that's for sure
1: i mean can we ask the same of gus let's wife she was a vision in silver what a beautiful yes. woman oh my gosh but we've been Definitely. trying to tell you sarah We've been trying Listen, to I already so. know, dude. I don't get to say I'm white. White ain't right. I'm getting older by the second. It's not fair. I'm using all sorts of skin creams. It's not working. Uh, Sarah Spain, Jordan Cornett, Spain and Company, ESPN Radio, uh, Jasmine. Lucky enough, I'm sure to get all those jeans. Just unfair. Like you didn't have enough already. Yeah. Um. So tell me about your dad. Uh, we know that he's got a list. We know that he takes things personal. Was he a tough guy on prom dates, boyfriends? Yeah. Anybody come into the house trying to take Jasmine out?
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, if if he could have reenacted that bad boy scene with Will and Martin arriving <laughs> at the front door with, you know, the gun, whatnot, that's practically my dad. like Without a doubt. It, it was definitely not easy to bring anybody I was dating home. So if you got to meet my father, that was like that final step. And if you could get through him, then, okay, you know, we may make it. And if you didn't, then you're getting cut <laughs> right after that meeting. So thankfully, my fiance you know, got his approval and his stamp and made it through to the final rounds. And, you know, we're looking forward to getting married this fall. Is it yeah. true
1: that they both, uh, had a little liquid courage before meeting each other for the first time? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, that is accurate. Uh- I was telling my fiance, we we're about to go meet him, and you know he, he needed just two little shots. And I'm looking over at my dad across the room like, hey, we're on our way. And before I knew it, he took shots. I said, okay, I, I'm, I'm dating the same person at this point. But yeah, that definitely happened.
0: Yeah, and, and for those who are basketball fans would also know your fiance, Rakeem Christmas, who was a heck of a player in his own right back in those Syracuse days and is still playing professional ball. So he's no slouch himself.
2: No, definitely not. No, I enjoyed watching my fiancé play in college and at the time we weren't even dating. I was in a sense a fan of his as well. And then once it translated into you know, his NBA career and that involved to being overseas professionally, like he's really cultivated his own his own right and his own game and his own passion within the game. So I, I love being, you know, his number one cheerleader throughout that process.
1: Jasmine Jordan with us here on Spain and Company, Sarah Spain Jordan Cornette. She is Michael Jordan's daughter, also works for Jordan Brand, I actually saw you on a panel at the NBA Wives event uh, at All-Star Weekend, which was very cool, talking about your work there. Um, I'm curious, as a family, because I have spent years defending your father's Hall of Fame speech, telling people they just didn't get it. How did you guys react right. to that speech, particularly the part where he said, you know, it's tough to be my kid, which to me is like, duh, there's no shade there. Mm-hmm. That was just saying, like, growing up with Michael Jordan as your dad is tough.
2: Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, like you said, I think a lot of people just didn't understand his speech. And myself and my brothers, we did. We, we understood it. He was showing admiration to his opponents and, and the competition and thanking them essentially for, you know, getting letting him beat them. You know, and he, he that helped build his game and his career. And that's how he essentially became Michael Jordan because of his opponents, in my opinion. So I, I, I loved his speech. And like you said, it definitely is a burden. It's hard being his kid because no matter what, there's, people's perceptions there's expectations and everyone has a sense of entitlement and just thinks how we live our lives when in truth be told you know we we are very humble laid back and you know normal people and and we have the same 24 hours like anybody else and those that have been (laughs) fortunate enough to really get to know myself and my brothers know that and those that don't are going to continue to make you know the perceptions and assumptions that they do and we just can't control it and it is what it is
1: Well, it's remarkable that you all turned out so great because we've seen how the spotlight on young people can be tough and. It is hard to not, you know, try to feel like you have to be perfect every second because of, of the fame of your dad. But uh, love that you're working on the Jordan brand now and doing big things. And uh, congrats on the engagement and the baby and uh, and and looking forward to uh, seeing amazing photos of your dad uh, with 11 teen cigars at your wedding. Just uh, maybe puffing them all at once. <laughs> Absolutely. It's going to happen for sure. <laughs> Thanks so much, Jasmine. Appreciate the time. Thank you. Y'all have a good one.
0: That's what she said.
1: It was great to talk to Jasmine. So much good insight. And I, I, she's got stories for days, I'm sure. So we could have talked to her even longer. If you, if you want to know more about The Last Dance, Jalen and Jacoby's after show on The Last Dance has been fantastic throughout. And you'll be happy to know that the after show does continue this Sunday following Lance. And ESPN 30 for 30 film on lance armstrong's rise and fall in the sports world you can hear from armstrong himself in a film that insists the audience make its own interpretation of one of the biggest doping scandals in history you can check out their after show for that this sunday that's what she said